0: What's that you say? This is episode 50 of the Personal Jukebox podcast. Who'd have thunk it that we would have made it this far? But here we are, 50 episodes deep, 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 deep down, deep, deep down. And I'm joined by everybody's favourite, our favourite wordsmith, the Simon Jordan, the Susie Dent of the Personal Jukebox podcast. Could it be anybody
1: else? Mr. Stuart Bizzle Boyd. Oh, a P.T. Barnum-like introduction. <laughs> I am not worthy.
0: You are, you are, you are worthy. Don't let anybody ever tell you anything other than that. This is... Hang on, let's, let's just take a moment. Raise your hand, raise your hand with me. And let's wave goodbye, because this is the last episode that this music's going to be used on.
2: Watching myself not controlling. Like I'm seeing.
0: That's right, from next episode, we'll have the new intro music
1: exciting times it is
0: exciting times wake up your neighbours if you're in bed listening to this nudge your wife because there right now, no women listening to this let's be honest it's just men listening to this it's a full on sausage party nudge them and say hey next episode they're going to have new music and we will
1: <laughs> point of order haven't we had some feedback from some female listeners in the past
0: yeah actually I think we have yeah um yeah, yeah, we are, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, girls, listen. Guys, tell your girls to listen. And they'll definitely enjoy this episode anyway, because we're going to be looking at everybody's favourite cuddly rock and roll superstar, Mr. David Grohl. Indeed. David Grohl. Because, realistically, even though this is the Foo Fighters with their album, Foo Fighters, or oh, not the Foo Fighters, um, it isn't, is it?
1: It's... A Dave Grohl solo project with a little bit of input from Greg Dooley from the Afghan Wigs.
0: That's literally the only other guy, isn't it, yep. who plays anything on this album? Yeah, so you got Dave on his own. You know, he's um, a member of, oh, well, definitely the biggest band in the world. Absolutely. That's in 91, 92, 93.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Even posthumously, they, if anything, would you say they became bigger, mm, posthumously? Yeah, yeah,
0: um, You know, the drummer in the biggest band in the world. And when your lead singer, you know, does what he does. I don't think we need to go through that again for anybody because, man, if you don't know that, come on, what are you doing listening to this? What's a drummer supposed to do <laughs> as Billy Corgan? <Corkins. laughs> <laughs> what is he supposed to do?
1: He's supposed to turn down an offer from Tom Petty mm-hmm. and play his own furrow. Intended to do it anonymously.
0: Yeah, and Danzig as well, didn't they? Did Danzig not offer him the drumming slot too? Did he? Yeah, yeah, apparently. Okay. Yeah, we're going to look at um, Mr Mr. Dave Grohl and uh, the first album. Boy's band that carries on for many years into eternity and probably now, Adaius, possibly the most mainstream, biggest, most recognisable band. Got to be up there. Rock band. Who do you place in 2022... On the even keel with Foo Fighters in that kind of genre.
1: It's a tough going, isn't it? Yeah,
0: I thought about this today and I was Would like, you
1: still, as they are still a going concern, you 2 potentially?
0: I don't know. Man, I don't know. When was Lost on U2 put anything out?
1: Well, they're a legacy act, aren't they, at this yeah, stage? Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, a Foo Fighter's not a legacy
1: act. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'll dig a bit deeper into that statement but in fact I'll qualify that statement for me, yes mm. for many people like me, yes but for a lot of people, no
0: no, 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 no. I suppose not they are gathering new fans and new audiences all the time, I'd guess
1: yeah. and I think that's going to be a very interesting lens to look at this particular album through mm-hmm, Um mm-hmm. for those who were there at the time really Nirvana fans For whom this was a bit of a curio. Once the word got out as to who was behind it, I got this album uh, for Christmas in 1995. Mm -hmm. When you know you got albums for Christmas because you had to part with cash monies.
0: Little Stewie, he likes uh, he likes music. He does. (laughs) Let's get him an album.
1: (laughs) He he absolutely does. But the request was in for this because this was exciting. This was ostensibly new Nirvana or as close as you were ever going to get. Oh, Christ, yes. Yeah. So as such, yeah, I was massively up for this. I don't think I've hidden my love of, of all things, uh, Seattle very well. <laughs> no,
0: no, no, no. Can you remember the, um, the build up to this though?
1: I, I don't, I knew that I was aware of it mm. because mm. it was, Ooh. there it is. Get me this. Um, so I was aware of that it was there and mm-hmm. what it was, who was involved, but the memory of how I first heard about it struggling.
0: Take <laughs> two, um, yeah, I can remember. Obviously, Nirvana. You didn't do a Nirvana episode with me. I think I did that with Neil back in the day. Yeah, Nirvana. Where do you sit on them? Um, like, you, much bigger Pearl Jam fan than Nirvana. Yeah. Much bigger Alice in Chains fan than Nirvana. Yeah. Bigger Soundgarden fan than Nirvana.
1: Mm, parity. Mm hmm.
0: That would be a big four, obviously. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's other bands as well you may or may not be a bigger fan of. And I, I kind of agree with you on that. But Nirvana definitely had the bigger footprint.
1: They changed the game, I think whether you become a bigger fan of their contemporaries or not, do you get there without Nirvana gaining the foothold that they did and that prominence? Um, there's no real way to definitively answer that question, but I err on the side of unlikely.
0: And this seems like just hammering home a point that everybody already knows, um, and, and some people would disagree with this, but... I can't, I don't think you can overestimate the impact which, like, Nirvana had on music.
1: Definitely not. You're not saying anything new when you say that, in terms of guitar, bass, music, it was your Poisons, your Motley Crue's, your Warrants, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses. Yeah. And then. Nirvana were an exoset missile in the middle of all that that blew it to smithereens.
0: It really did, didn't it? Yeah. It's that difference between uh, the uh, serious-faced, love-sung, cock-rock stuff, and then Nirvana.
1: Absolutely. Which,
0: in its own way, still was very serious-faced with some stuff, wasn't it? And maybe a bit snarkily looking down on them kind of bands, yeah? But there was definitely... Not as much of a fun kind of side as, say, uh, the movement of Offspring and stuff a few years later. But definitely still, you know, a bit, I don't know, a bit
1: smithsy, actually.
0: Do you know what I mean? A
1: bit po-faced.
0: Yeah, a bit po-faced. And I think grunge definitely went on to take itself a bit way too seriously. Like the Cockrock bands took their dicks a bit way too seriously (laughs) years before. Do you know what I mean with that? Yeah, um, uh, maybe, you know, probably the the crop bands were doing less harm because it was like, I'm serious about my dick and where it's going to go. <laughs> Whereas the grunge guys were like, I'm serious about life and where I'm going to go. <laughs> <laughs> but I can definitely remember taking a bit of a stand-up against Cobain. Being, yeah, Nirvana, yeah, good music, all that kind of stuff, but thinking, Kurt Cobain is a bit of a f- tosser, really. Isn't he? And, and I and I really do think, even now, years later, seeing films, documentaries, bits and pieces, I don't think I would have liked that guy. I think I would have found him annoying. I think I would have found him an arsehole.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah or no? Um, oh, I won't second that. But, <laughs>
0: do you um, not think, when you look back on... Uh, I only recently watched that uh, Montage of Heck.
1: Yeah, thing. I did watch it once. Mm-hmm. No abiding memory of it, to be fair. Come on, I think
0: I don't know if we touched on it on the Nirvana episode before, but there's definitely very, very strong reasons that he was fiddling about with bloody, you know, people he shouldn't have been. I don't want to, I don't want to Courtney You're not listening, but there was definitely, you know, a bit of um, hmm.
1: a book I remember being interesting. It was a conspiracy theory book. It's got dual authors, hmm. or co-authors, I should say. It's called "The Life and Death of Kurt Cobain." Um, I think. It's on my bookshelf. <laughs> yeah. I read it once. And I remember thinking, if you were that way inclined, if you were inclined to believe some of these theories, you could be convinced by it.
3: Mm. Um,
1: mm. Can't say I am.
0: I don't know. I just never get the impression that a um, heroin adult just... I don't know, I just don't think he was a very likeable guy. Even now, he'd got the rock star looks he had. Oh, yeah. And definitely on some photo shoots, because I think when you saw him really there in the flesh, probably not as much. But he's ascended to that, you know, the 27 Club and all that kind of thing. Just those... Those shots, you know, that black and white photo of Kurt on the beach, yeah, and um, the way he looks on the unplugged. Um, there's lots of things of Cobain which are, you know, that that's the rock star aura.
1: Would you say he's maybe become um, alternatives music's version of the Shagavara T-shirt?
0: I never would have put that into words, but yeah, that's uh, that's as good a comparison as possibly you can make. And because of that, there was always stories about, uh, was it at, at the MTV Music Awards where, was it the confrontation between Nirvana and Guns N' Roses? Yes, yeah. yeah. which basically comes from Cobain being a bit of a little bitch, really, and Courtney really being the, the mouthpiece and the one who's given it some. Uh, and then Novoselic stepping in and having his little bit. But Dave Doyle was always kind of like the third guy in Nirvana.
1: Well he was he was a late he, ju- he was a late joiner, wasn't he? Yeah, he wasn't the original drummer, no. was he? No. And um he was very very young. Um mm. even when Nirvana split would he would he been would it was he as old as 23?
0: Oh, I don't know. I don't know. If you would have looked at the band then, and you would have said, "Oh, what are these guys going to go on to now?" I think straight away you would have thought, "Well, he's the bassist is going to join another band. He's going to go and do that." The drummer, yeah. He drummer might, the same. Drummer the same kind of thing. But Dave obviously had a real passion to write his own music he, and was doing so whilst he was in Nirvana.
1: He did write, um, writing, I might write in thinking, uh, a couple of the uh, in-utero era B-sides were Grohl compositions. There's certainly one track on here that um, he did present to Cobain.
0: He he wrote the riff to Sentless Prentice, didn't he? yes. Which is still now one of my top five Nirvana songs. Okay. Yep. Love love the riff when it actually comes in, you know what I mean? Yeah, boom, boom, Um I think up until in Utero he was feeling a bit overawed, like a man. Yeah. It was a bit of a you know, a massive thing hanging over Nirvana.
1: He said as much as an he, yeah, he, he was, has. um intimidated by his songwriting prowess
0: yeah and I think there's there's one track on this album I think it was Alone and Easy Target the fourth track he played it to Kurt while well, Kurt was one. in the bath that's the one yeah is that it and then Kurt actually got out the bath and gave him a hug and said oh I don't have to be the only person writing songs now yeah. in this band yeah yeah, um, yeah is its is it eight of the songs or something like that off this album were written while he was in Nirvana so Dave obviously had this that he wanted to do this yeah. as well
1: yeah. And there's a number of tracks on here that you can imagine if you give that, for want of a better phrase, Nirvana edge to it, their own stylings, Kurt's vocal stylings. You can hear it in some of them. It's, you listen to some of this album and say, yeah, I can hear Nirvana playing this, potentially.
0: Um, yeah, I, I'll be honest. I don't think there's as many, but there definitely are some. Yeah, yeah. yeah like some of them, like Kurt would. Oh, I have a feeling that Kurt would turn his nose up at it in the same way that Tom York would turn his nose up at a two million offer from um, an Abu Dhabi prince to just come round to his house and play Creep on a loop.
1: <laughs> well, it also begs the question is what direction Nirvana would have gone in. had um... Right,
0: this is, this is the question I thought about this driving this week. If, Nirvana, if Kurt wouldn't have killed himself, uh, what are we talking, 1994? By 2000, yep. what do you think they would have become? Because I think Dave would have left.
1: Potentially. Yeah, I think Dave um, would have left
0: and gone on and done this. But Kurt, that's the, that's the thing that I'm trying to nail down here.
1: Would Nirvana as an entity continue to have existed given the dynamic that existed between them? Probably... A, too much emphasis here or leaning too heavily into the unplugged sessions mm. but the kind of success of that but then that begs the question um did it get a posthumous kick really in terms of popularity in terms of how it's like it revered major yeah would they have gone more down that route
0: yeah, well, I think that shed new light on Nirvana because they were really it added a bit of intrigue to him because of the covers that they were doing.
1: Yeah, and um, Cobain was already collaborating with Mark Lanagan on Lanagan's solo work, which yeah. was yeah. much more in that direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um he was doing the things ver- with Stipe, weren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. The version of Lead Belly's uh, In The Pines that uh, closes... Unplugged as where did you sleep last night? Yeah, he did originally do that with Lanigan, so ah, okay, right? he, yeah. he definitely had more than a big toe in those waters at that point. So um, potentially, yeah, this album happens anyway.
0: That um, that performance of that song, that's the star-making performance, isn't it? That's like you know one of you know the, the moments you can pick out of things.
1: It's where the myth not begins, isn't it?
0: Not actually, not a star-making because he's already what he is, but. Yeah, I know what you mean. It's like, that's a thing. Anybody who's heard that knows the bits, you know what I mean, the end of it where he finishes it off and stuff.
3: Yeah.
1: Does he grow from a star to a myth at that point? Possibly Maybe a say. myth's a wrong turn of phrase. Yeah, but yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> a myth. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. but we're not... That's completely
1: the wrong turn of phrase. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah.
0: Um... I understand what you're trying to say, though. <laughs> yeah. um, Demigod. Possibly not. i am very loathe to call Kurt Cobain a demigod.
1: In the eyes of...
0: <laughs> of the great unwashed. <laughs>
1: his adoring public.
0: Yes, 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 yes. Um, but, yeah, as we're talking about is Dave and what he, what he wanted to do. Let's forget about Kurt now. Dave obviously still wanted to be
1: in the music business. Making... Energetic guitar based music. Hey, making
0: his own music, that's what he wanted to do. It, as you said, he was offered to play with Tom Petty, um, Danzig. I don't think he wanted to be a drummer, did he? Because he was like, oh, I've just been the drummer in the biggest band in the world or whatever. I don't want to just sit behind the drums. I've got my own music that I want to get out there. I've...
1: Maybe in terms of sort of how Kid A was indirectly born out of OK Computer, it's like, Maybe thought, how do I follow that with more of the same?
0: Mm, well, yeah, I suppose so. And it, it also sheds new life on Kurt was very anti, Oh, was this a whole grunge thing? Anti, anti fame. That's how I looked at it years ago. Kurt was really anti fame and anti the thing. But then Dave, obviously, he, loves it, a bit he loves it, doesn't he? He loves he? it nowadays, doesn't he? Yeah, you know. <laughs> He'll, uh, that's the joke, isn't it? That the dive turns up at the opening of anything. Yep. He'll be a you know nice guy, apparently. I don't know very. I don't imagine he is as well. This is the Foo Fire's first album. It was released on July the fourth, nineteen ninety five. There was a lot of anticipation for this album. Uh, it got to number three on the UK charts, which is not to be sniffed up for the time, I suppose, but maybe. I don't know, maybe you could look at it differently because of the anticipation being a former Nirvana member.
1: Yeah, and I think we've, we we kind of talked about this kind of on the last episode where we did Kid A as well. Really, is the album chart more reflective of what the people who immerse themselves in music were buying? So it's yeah. it's a yardstick for the aficionados, certainly more so than the singles chart. I don't think we can dispute that.
0: 1995, July, the summer of 1995. That's where we've got What's the Story Morning Glory being released, isn't it? Um, is Melancholy and the "Infant Sonos, is that 95? Am I uh, right maybe there?
1: Maybe 96. Oh, is that a bit later, is it? Potentially. Timeline could be off.
0: Okay. But it, it, as you said, it is basically a one-man project. Yeah. Um, Dave did it, he recorded it. He then, what did he, let's say, you ran off so many cassettes... And so many, I don't know. Maybe cassettes initially, and passed them out to friends. Yeah,
1: it was intended as a demo, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, didn't, but he didn't want to put his name on it, did he?
1: Yeah, which is where the uh, which which is where the band name comes from. Yeah. It wanted it to uh, stand on its own merits and not uh, as the drummer from Nirvana.
0: Yeah, more so to possibly not wanting to say, "Oh, I don't want to be picked up because I'm the drummer from Nirvana," but I want it to be looked at. As something different from the drummer than Nirvana. From Nirvana, sorry. The first time the songs were played was on Eddie Vedder's self pollution radio, was it?
1: Is it Monkey Wrench Radio? Or is that their. um...
0: No. Um, I can definitely remember in Karang at the time they were I saying know, that Veda was doing this radio show, or I don't know, did he do more than one, or did he only do a couple? I don't know.
1: He was travelling separately from the rest of the band, wasn't he? At one point, I think the is that where of, it comes from. The rest of the band were flying yeah. uh, between gigs, and Eddie was driving in a van and doing his radio show. Uh, there was, <laughs> yeah, there, there was an interview. Why,
0: Why was he? Or oh, is it because he wanted to do that?
1: That seems to be. Kind of the um, the conclusion in retrospect. I know there was an interview with Stone Gossard where he thought Pearl Jam were going to split up at that point.
0: Where are that's, they? Where are they? Ninety four. That's after Vitology, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and this is around the time that they were uh, without Eddie. They were recording uh, Mirable with uh, Neil Young.
0: Oh, okay. How yeah. is it? Yeah. Yeah. So so Eddie Vedder's got this radio show, and he plays. A couple of tracks. I really should have picked up them. I could have get got those drops. couldn't I from YouTube to play. Um, I don't know. Do you know what songs they were that he played?
1: Exhausted was one.
0: Because that was the first one that was really put out, weren't it, for yeah. everyone to listen to? Really, 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 really strange choice.
1: In the context of what's here, if yeah. you're looking for something to instantly gain that traction, yeah. then yeah, it wouldn't be wouldn't be the the uh, the obvious choice.
0: No, not at all. Um, And then they attracted libel interest, Die, sorry, Dive attracted libel interest, and they eventually saw him with Capitol Records. Yeah. The album took seven days to record. He recorded 15 songs and picked 12 to go on this album. I think he had the music down, didn't he, but he didn't really have the lyrics. And then just hurriedly scribbled together some lyrics of some description to fill out the songs.
1: It's reflected in a few instances. Oh, yes. And um, (laughs) I read in his most recent um, book release, uh, The Storyteller, they actually... Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they appear on the album in the order they were recorded.
0: Yes. Yeah, which is strange because the first three were the ones that he didn't have written before they recorded and all the others he did. Weird, weird. Um, you've read that book? Good read.
1: Yes, yeah, breezy read. Worth um, it. Yeah, uh, got it for Christmas. Um, kind of, uh, kind of as a token. Uh, an easy read. Um, like you say, Dave's a likable guy. But we kind of mentioned off Mike, didn't we, earlier mm. this evening? And this is kind of the modern incarnation of Dave Grohl, who's certainly grown into the um, sort of frontman rock icon elder rock statesman. Uh, elder rock statesman. Good. Good turn of phrase for it, likable yet somehow annoying with it. Yeah. And one thing I said to you, take away from the book, he's the only person who's ever had kids in the history of the <laughs> world.
0: <laughs> oh, um, do you have kids with with first wife?
1: No, I think um I think he's got three daughters all with his current wife.
0: Okay. Yeah, Dave. I mean. Going through this is this is the first Foo Fighters album. There was no real videos done for this album, up for none of the songs. D- there were oh, a couple... the, Big Me, sorry, yeah, yeah. There's yeah.
1: uh, All Stickerends Stick Aran, got one Actually,
0: as well. Yeah, Stick got one as well. A but, very very awkward video. Yeah, that's a weird. Yeah, that's a strange one. That is really. Um But their 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 videos after even Big Me, I'll, I'll class in this. They've all got a bit too much mugging for the camera for me. It kind of turned me against Foo Fighters in their early years.
1: It turns me off them later. This is something I'll get into, Mm. but um, as a bit of a spoiler, um, after this album and The Colour and The Shape, which I also really, really like,
3: Mm.
1: there are reasons around it, but my interest in them just fell off a cliff. And the follow-up album... Um, now, if you listen to the track in Isolation, um, Given to Fly, which was the first single off I their third to album. I am just this
0: one off, but yeah, carry yeah.
1: on. It's, it's a good tune in Isolation. Now, the first time I heard that was accompanied by the video on mm. Must Have Been MTV2. Mm. And, yeah, it's it really detracts from the track. It's goofy. It's mugging, like you say. Oh, it is, and turn yeah. turned me right off them.
0: That is... Um... That's kind of how I thought about the Foo Fighters. That video yep. was kind of what I thought about the Foo Fighters for a lot of you. As we said about how Idiotech kind of formed my view of Radiohead for yep. years, that uh, that song, it's Learn to Fly, isn't it? Not yeah. Given to Fly. That's a pill. Given to Fly song, is a pill yeah.
1: song. Did I say Given to <laughs> yeah, Fly? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Learn to Fly, Learning to Fly, Learn to Fly, whichever. Freudian. Um, yeah, is um, that kind of formed how I felt about the Foo Fighters for a few years. Yeah, same. And I just thought they were just, you know, a bit, of, a bit of stupid cunts, to be honest. <laughs> and that song as well is the absolute embodiment of middle of the road. Nothing, just, oh, I'm playing a riff and it's a song, and yeah. And, and people were like, going, oh my god, it's a great song. Oh my god, that video's so funny. And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't know,
1: it's not. And that's what they became in record time. Is <laughs> they did, they did, they did. They did. Yeah. Very much middle yeah. of the road. This album has um, some qualities um, to it, which we'll go on to talk about, that kind of persisted into the colour and the shape um, that eroded away kind of by the end of the album and the beginning of the following one.
0: And, and what have you thought about, have you heard the last album they put out?
1: No, I haven't listened to.
0: I think that'd probably be an interesting listen, yeah. wouldn't it? Really, I haven't. This l- week, I'm going to make it a point okay. that I'm going to listen to that. Because it was any, was it put out this year or last year?
1: Last year, I think. Yeah, yeah. I'm
0: going to make it a point to listen to that album. because yeah. I haven't heard nothing.
1: I haven't listened to an album in its entirety since the follow up to this one. Just my interest. Oh, really?
0: You haven't listened to anything since? Well, no, I haven't either. Yep. But yeah. And do you think, before we get into it, don't name it if you do think it that the best Foo Fighters song is on this album?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: No. Oh,
0: not going to go with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so as we said anyway, let's get into it. Let's play a bit of music now. July the 4th, 1995. What was the world waiting for? It was waiting for a Foo Fighters album. But what had they got at the time? In the UK charts, we'd got this. Boom, boom, boom
2: Now let me, I say boom boom boom, no weather about say well. I say boom boom boom, no let me hear say well. I say boom boom boom, no weather about to say well.
0: Nobody wants an extended remix, let's get straight into it. I believe Neil has said before on an episode that this was the first record that he ever owned. His mom bought him this. He wanted, okay. He wanted a song, and his mom bought him this. The ex- full explicit version. Oh, yes, I remember that story.
1: I remember that story. This track is a uh, a daily um, incursion on my life. Um, just because at work um, we've got uh, we've got a cleaner. He's an Italian guy called Gio. Okay. And every morning I'll greet him with a boom boom boom. Everybody say Gio.
3: Gio.
2: Gio. Yep. look out below. Here comes the brother with the I just fell from the
0: But the one thing you've got to say about that song is it did a really good thing for the UK charts, yeah? Because if you remember, in the mid-90s, we had this horrible thing where soap stars were becoming pop stars. Oh, yes. Yeah, and it, it, um, it took over, uh, replaced, sorry, something else that was at the top of the charts, which was this.
2: Oh, my love,
0: my Do you remember when them couple of cocks, Robson and Jerome kept on pouring out songs that all the old ones had
1: they were one of uh, Cowell's early um, early cash cows, weren't they?
0: Didn't they keep, like, uh, but, Wonderwall off number one and there was something like that?
1: Yeah, yeah, would, <laughs> wouldn't would surprise me. But they are pivotal. Well, it's not really relevant anymore, but they were always pivotal in the arguments of, you know, like you boring fuckers who talk to you about the X-Factor and you try and explain that X-Factor has absolutely nothing to do with music back when it was a thing yes yes, but you could point to kel and say look at his first three big successes robson and jerome mr blobby yeah and wrestlemania the album yeah yeah, so you could say basically kel was he was involved in a (laughs) studio somewhere wasn't in a record company and his whole thing is based around he saw those things and thought I wonder if people will buy any old shit uh, just because there's a toy in with the TV programme. Power Rangers, isn't another one as well? Were they one of that.
0: his? Yeah, I think maybe, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He was right. Oh, God, yeah, but, he
0: was. Mm. You don't get that now, do you? No. You don't, do you? No. There's not nobody who's like doing that and peddling that to the masses. I think everyone's got a bit too wise for it's it. It's been done to this, hasn't it? Mm. Yeah, that horse has been ridden out to the sunset. Yep. Shy,
3: wait for me,
2: wait for me. I'll be coming
3: home for me And
0: in 1995, as much as I was buying What's the Story Morning Glory, I was looking forward to this Foo Fighters album, definitely. Another another artist that I would have been there, and I definitely was on board with this album. It's the last great Bon Jovi album these days, man. Um a very strange low tempo the scene set up, first single from the album.
2: Should have seen it coming when the roses died. Should have seen the end of summer in your eyes. Should have listened when to you said goodnight. You really meant goodbye. Baby, funny how we never, ever learn
0: and as much as that song needs to go out to Bon Jovi's biggest fan, Gaz Davis, there's a fantastic story from uh, once co-host on this show, and he will be on again, give over, which... Oh, if I can get him on next time, and I know he won't listen to this because I very much doubt that he listens to every episode, but if I can get him on, I'll do this song on a chart countdown and we can get the full load out. And trust me, the world will explode. And always we touch on the US number one. Everyone's heard it.
1: massive hit. We've had that before, haven't we? Have we? I'm sure we
0: have. Possibly. Surely that's just a... you yeah, 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 and you'd yeah. song ever.
1: How did uh, Nirvana's rise to prominence not Torpedo Bon Jovi?
0: We discussed this in the Jovi episode with Gaz. Um Obviously Jovi were hair metal extreme, like probably the, the biggest of yep. all those bands. I think when they the gap between what was it New Jersey and Keep the the Faith came out in 93 or 92 or 93 they obviously changed and they went I said hair metal bands kind of turned as if they were all cowboys yeah yeah Yeah. and they wore leather waistcoats instead of leather jackets brown leather waistcoats instead and they were cowboys and they got into a bit of like soul or oh, they would yeah. sell it as a bit of soul and a bit of rock and roll. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's what I'd say.
1: Was there an element with Jovi by that point that maybe they were the one who were too big to fail?
0: I think Jovi were, as, as probably has been proved, because I would say they've swatted away yep. everybody. I don't know if I said this in the episode with Gaz, where I can always remember listening to Bon Jovi on Fern Cotton's radio show on Radio 1. Um, and this was years after this probably 10 years after this and I can remember Fern saying to John and they seemed horrendously out of place being even on yeah. that show at the time because they were very much out of the, the mainstream yeah. thing and Fern said to John oh is there any new bands you know, that you're, you're into that we should be looking out for and John said nah you don't need to listen to any new bands because then you're not going to be buying Bon Jovi records <laughs> like Hunter 2002 or 2003 like grip on his spot in the music industry. (laughs) Alright then, shall we get into the Foo Fighters? or Foo Fighters, not the Foo Fighters I keep on saying that. That's like the band of The Editors or just Editors. They get very upset, don't they, apparently if people called them The Editors.
1: Do they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't need to exist in a world where Interpol do. Oh man, do Editors still exist? They do. Yeah, are you a big fan of Interpol? The first album's pretty good. Yeah,
0: someone I've never really listened to, I'll be completely honest with you. I've heard the odd track here and there, but... Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, give give Turn Out the Bright Lights a go.
0: Okay, I will do, I will do. Foo Fighters album starts with... The first track I heard, by Heard uh, this before the album, I, I always thought it sounded different. I expected it to sound more nirvana,
1: yeah, I and, agree.
0: And it didn't, and I'll i uh, will tell you what I think it sounds like um, as we get into it.
2: Visiting is pretty Visiting is good It seems a...
0: the first song the first single released off the album in the UK anyway top 5 hit that was
1: ok didn't mm. know that
0: mm. top 5 hit released in oh, July it must have been, it been weeks before the album to be honest uh, obviously no video so I wonder how they got on with that And um, the thing that hit me initially I can remember being on a coach going somewhere and hearing this for the first time like on my Walkman yeah. at the time Um I thought very Beatlesy. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? I? Yeah.
1: Like a Harrison composition. Yeah.
2: Definitely. Yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: Definitely. But Dave's leaning into his comfort zone massively, isn't he? Because while well, I say massive, mm-hmm. the drumming on this track is massive.
0: Uh, uh, very Beatlesy, aside from the drumming. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: The, the drum fill pre-chorus about thirty seconds is yeah, yeah. it's fire, and in the transition back to the verse as well. It's, that's the, that's the peak of the song, absolutely, yeah, that yeah.
0: first time round when it hits back into yeah, yeah, yeah
1: absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, um lyrically, it's a bit spasmodic, isn't it it's me. is it deliberately about nothing
0: um I would say so, yes,
1: yeah, you can find something in I think uh,
0: this the this is a call that past resignation the only bit which it,
1: it's all in the past, yeah, well, kind of as well um yeah, what are we putting in the past? There's a couple of little referencing references to minocin, which is acne medicine, and Ritalin, which is kind of like the anti hyperactive okay, um, yeah. medication for want of a better phrase. Yeah, 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 So is is it kind of a goodbye to youth or innocence? Okay. Is yeah, that what he's this putting is my behind? Growing up bit, yeah,
0: yeah, and this is I'm going out yeah. on my own kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that that ties in with a lot of the sung um, song later on as well, doesn't it? Definitely.
1: Right? Yeah. yeah. There's some awful song titles on this album, aren't there?
0: <laughs> yeah, there are.
1: Absolutely dreadful song titles. Was that
0: titles. not a hallmark of grunge music? Ooh, come throw,
1: on. Throw, throw some at me.
0: Oh, song titles. Hang on one second. <laughs> come on. Um, here we go. Uh, Drain You. School. Dumb. Blue. On a plane. Polly. Sappy. Being a son. Um, that's just Nirvana. Oh, and hang on, hang on. Let me just hit Pearl Jam up on this because they're not bloody um. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, Cordroy. I always hated that title. Good song, mm-hmm. bad title. Actually, yep. Yeah, um, Foo Fighters do this. You know, like songs that were like one word. Yeah, and bands that were one word. Yeah, that's a hallmark of grunge. Go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, animal. Animal. Wants. Dissident. Dissident. Yeah. Sirens even later on. Mm-hmm. Nothing Man. Alive. Daughter. Black. Wishlist. Jeremy. You know.
3: <laughs>
1: Nothing as bad as the was on this album, though.
0: <laughs> to be fair... I would say, like, there's one, two, three, four... Hmm, actually, we're getting into five territory. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but this is a cool, good song.
1: It is, it is. I like it. I like the closing stretch. It's really nice. I like it. It's a bit different, where it isolates the riff, and again, the drumming part takes centre stage. You know I've laboured the point to exhaustion that I hate fade-outs, unless they fit. Um yeah. I like it when the closing gambit's well thought out, and yep. this song's got a hot closing stretch. Yes, I it really, does. really like that.
0: I would say that's like Dave's trademark kind of drum, and it's definitely his drum sound. Yeah, his definitely. drum sound is the same as the Nirvana drum sound. It is. on this album. I, I do think overall this album sounds—I don't want to say underproduced because it's ninety-five.
1: I think it's deliberately underproduced.
0: Yeah, maybe. And that
1: gives it its own character. Maybe that's what sets...
0: It sounds nothing like another Foo Fighters album after this. Definitely, but, definitely.
1: Yeah. So on, on that regard, I'm very interested, and I'll probably discuss this in, in like the wrap-up, is um, how you mentioned they gain new fans. And I think a new fan of the Food Fighters would look at this album through completely different lenses as we do because mm. it sounds so differently. And they, if they were to run a list of where it stands in their personal pantheon.
0: Yeah, what, like it, a, a Food Fighters yeah. fan now, a nowadays yeah. Food Fighters yeah. yeah. fan?
1: a new yeah. convert, yeah. a new convert, it would, uh, it would look. I would say radically different.
0: I was going to say, to, to you, certainly my take on it. I was going to say to you that oh, the Foo Fighters now though would be the big rock um, sound of now, yeah. And I was going to say, and, but that's not what the Foo Fighters were. But then that's what the big rock sound of then was. Surely, this is is you know the step from Nirvana, isn't it? That's kind of what was going around at the time.
1: It is. I think this has got its own unique charm to it that their later albums didn't have. I think there are reasons for that.
0: Oh, this is definitely like the little likeable brother of album. Absolutely. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah Well, yeah.
1: My, my synopsis at the end is going to be really a little bit of a spoiler, mm. but I am going to make a lot of references to it being a little album.
0: It is a little album, that's what it feels yeah. like. It yeah. feels like it had a small budget, it's
1: one guy doing it, yeah.
0: it's him and his mate, they're doing the bits and pieces, mm. and yeah, and fair play for that. I'll but, give it I'll yeah. give it a bit, a bit of extra kudos for that.
1: It's a little album in the best sense of the word. Yes, it is. But good good opener. Yeah, really good Big opener. opener.
0: Big opener. Definitely that Beatles Solid. feel there. The Beatles, like I hear that 60s kind of feel. Yep. Yeah. Um, Dave's vocals as well I don't think he was like particularly super comfortable wasn't he about well, singing well
1: this is in the next track this is the fir- the very first point that I was looking to make um, the lo-fi production to me is clearly a deliberate choice because um, Dave Grohl isn't a confident vocalist yet no and I kind of liken it to like I say this album has got a charm to it and a vulnerability kind of like early REM with Michael Stipe he had okay. that very kind very similar kind of lack of confidence and i actually prefer this version of dave grohl to the guy roaring the best the best the best into a microphone i'll take this all day over mm-hmm.
0: that yeah, yeah yeah i'm with you on that actually I'd imagine that this is still one of the favourite songs, yeah, for the, for old fans of Thoo Fighters. This would be a bit of a pit filler, yeah?
1: Definitely, yeah. Uh,
0: I don't know if they're still playing now. The, the, uh, the last gig I looked at, they didn't play this song, but I don't know, I'd say at festivals, and when you're filling out a set, you're going to stick this one in. Um, possibly because it still sounds, it's, it's probably the Oh, I, actually no I don't want to bust my nut on that one but it's 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 got that build-up and it's got this bit now sing-along
1: this is one of the ones that I was gonna to point to when I when I was gonna say you could hear Nirvana doing it the preverse riff um, contrasted with the, the drum part, and then the call, the refrain, the "I don't know you, it owe you anything." Mm-hmm. You can hear Kurt croaking that out. That's but what by I was the same say. token, if Nirvana Continue to exist, then due to the subject matter, this song doesn't exist, does no, it? No, it
0: doesn't. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's exactly what I was going to say. But I think we're a couple of tracks until the first real Nirvana pokes its head above the parapet. Yeah um, yeah, it's it's a song written. The lyrics are about Courtney Love, or directed at Courtney Love.
1: He's, Dave's basically said that, hasn't he?
0: Yeah, did yeah, it, yeah. It was written for Courtney. Uh, they fell out obviously after Kurt's death. Um, apparently, they've uh, kissed and made up following the 2014 Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah, apparently, so. The were, they embraced on stage. yeah Yeah. She looks different now, doesn't she, Courtney?
1: I
3: haven't seen her for a few years. Have you years, not seen you know?
0: her? Looks, she looks a lot different now. Okay. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah. When, again, Dave's vocals, even on a song that's vitriolic like this is, there's still an endearing vulnerability to it and that's kind of reflected in the album overall. And we've talked a bit about the videos and I think the video encapsulates this as well. If you go on YouTube and watch the videos of this, mm-hmm. there is obviously the bandmates join him for the video yes yeah. but it, it's awkward there's a band who aren't yet comfortable in their own skin
0: well you've got at the time it's a different band to the band
1: now haven't
0: you I think there's are there
1: two members of the band
0: Pat then me on the video isn't it yeah
1: he I mean, went and came back didn't yeah he? you got is it um Knight Mendel's Knight the Mendel the only other constant and then, isn't
0: he is it William
1: Goldsmith oh,
0: yeah Goldsmith on drums yeah yeah
1: and I don't think he actually. I think Dave drums on the second album, doesn't he as well? I oh, think does he? I think that it, I could I could have got this wrong. Yeah. Um. I could be mixing this up with something else, but my some some brainworm somewhere is telling me that Goldsmith recorded the drum parts for the second album. Yeah. And they were booted for yeah. Dave to the re-record them.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then Tyler was brought in for the third album.
1: He was brought into tour the second album, after it was finished. Because he and was with uh, Alanis. He was with Alanis, yeah, yeah which is and a Lane strange Gallagher's, Lane Gallagher's
0: number one fan, Tyler Hawkins. Absolutely. He was there, yeah. yeah.
1: I mean, this is a song that could, with bigger production, this song could be utterly massive. Um, imagine if that lead riff was bigger, more prominent. But then again, it might lose its charm because I think that bigger production, as I've already touched upon... That charms what the last definitely fifteen years of the Foo Fighters massively lack. <laughs> I think it's interesting
0: that it's three minutes before they hit the "I'll stick around." Yeah, "I'll stick around." But um, and it, and it sort of comes in by default yeah. at the time, whereas you could have built that maybe if you'd just give it about like four or eight bars before and then really built it up and came in. Yeah, yeah. And but I suppose that's the the naivety of. Even though he's been actually he's been in the music industry and he's had million, million, million selling albums yeah. before that.
1: Yeah. But as we touched upon, he was still very young, wasn't he? At yeah. this at yeah. this point in time.
0: Yeah. Isn't the studios that he recorded yet? Is it not Lanigan Studios?
1: Oh, I read this. Not I'm, I'm not oh, necessarily saying
0: that it was um... Or
1: was it his own studio? No,
0: I don't. I think this first
1: one... He's got was... his own studio now, oh, hasn't
0: Oh, he has he? now. I, yeah, because I think he made a big deal about having, like, the analogue desk from... Oh,
1: from Sound City. Yeah. Where um, Nevermind and Rage Against the Machines debut... And, oh, is that where th- they were... Yeah. yeah. Wasn't Rumours by Fleetwood Mac um, know, recorded yeah. there?
3: Yeah.
1: Pretty massive. There was actually a documentary about that, about the venue, and Dave kind of purchasing the console... Um, mm. And he recorded an album around it, um, guests with guests of uh, people f- who've recorded like oh, really? seminal albums at Sound Studio. A released album. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah it's yeah, one yeah. of the uh, it's one of the most interesting things Dave's done in the last kind of fifteen years. Which yeah. is again, I'm it feels oh, like man. I'm already launching into giving him a bit of a kicking. <laughs> What's that album called? It's called Sound City.
0: Sound City.
1: Sound City. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah. But really. Side projects are the most interesting things that all that the Foo Fighters do now. Yeah. Much more interesting than the, than the day job.
0: Oh yeah, I'm looking. I don't at-
1: want to see this film. I'm um, um- <laughs> no desire to see that at all.
0: Actually, yeah. Just stop for a second. Let's just touch on that as we're speaking. now, me and Gas spoke about this like a couple of uh, episodes ago. Um, Studio 666, I believe it's called, isn't it? I haven't seen it. I don't know if it's out yet. It, it's out now as you're listening to this. It will have been out, definitely. It's
1: mm. in cinemas, I think, now.
0: Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, would definitely now from when this episode comes out. You haven't seen it, obviously. No you, desire. You have no desire to see no that. Um, it's probably a thing which... If it's on Netflix, I'll, I'll probably all watch at some point, maybe. I don't know. I can't imagine trying to convince Lindsay to watch Studio 666.
1: Maybe. My Netflix watch list is out of control. <laughs> the stuff that's been on there for literally four years. Yeah. Stuff right. doesn't normally stay on Netflix for four years.
0: I hear there's new changes coming to Netflix. So if anybody's sharing their Netflix subscriptions, they're going to be in for a a shock, apparently.
1: Oh, there's been talk about that for a long time. Hasn't yeah, it? I
0: think it's just scaremongering. Um, looking at that, Sound City Real to Real. That's what the album's called. What is it? It's an 11 track album. you got names that stick out for me. Um, Josh Harmon, Trent Reznor are on a track. Paul McCartney, and Chris Novoselic are on a track. Um, Corey Taylor is on one. Rick Springfield, Stevie Nicks. Oh, yeah, so I see what you're saying, yeah. The only track that's got a little star next to it is the um the Corey Taylor one. From can to can't, or from can to can't, if you, if you want to say it like that. Um, Corey Taylor, where would you
1: sit on Corey Taylor? I quite like him.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
0: You can't be one of the people who are out there giving that Corey CMF. C-M-F-T album, a thumbs up.
1: Not so album done. from
0: last year. Last year,
3: okay. last year, the year before. Oh,
0: God. You know, I've heard that before. little
2: people.
1: Yeah, I don't know. Um, yeah. Check out the doc if you can, though. It's really good.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, is that on the on the streaming things?
1: It was. It was. It's disappeared. It may be back. Yeah. They they come and go, don't they?
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. All right, let's get into the third track. Um, this is probably the biggest song I'd say of this album.
1: I think you can take your pick out of the top three, really. Yeah. The first three. <laughs>
0: just scraped in the top 20 in the UK at number
1: 19
0: much like All Stick Around was as well three top top 20 songs off this album
1: yeah a lot of goodwill towards Dave
0: yeah definitely and um, this one
1: it's instant isn't it and it, it, this probably got them some traction
0: it's instant whimsical uh, yeah, and it's not a bad song. No, definitely no, it's no 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 no. There's
1: no great depth to it, but you can't oh, there's none. you can't dislike it. It's as thin as a plate of pigs. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. And for
0: me it's one of those songs that I'd put in the uh in the same bag with nothing else matters and down the back in anger that I never need to hear again.
1: Oh definitely not. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: it's one of them. Um, but it's not a bad song. It's completely inoffensive. Yeah,
1: little bop in 1995. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, over quickly. Yeah. Uh, does the line, maybe, areas or treasons all renew, hint at a mm. hidden depth? Um. Or is it just more of Dave's deliberate meaninglessness?
0: Um. I think it's probably... I would say most probably the latter. Yeah. Really. Um. I'm not 100% sure about that because I think this is probably one of the songs that he's probably put a bit of thought into. Because uh, this was like his love song to his. Jen- Jennifer w- Youngblood, is a, yeah. His wife at the time or his girlfriend at the time. The thing is about it, it's a little over two minutes. Yeah. It doesn't hang
1: around long enough to get, you know. It doesn't outstay its welcome. It doesn't
0: outstay its welcome. It's completely acceptable. Obviously, this was the first sighting that we had of the Foo Fighters video. You know what I mean? Like, that Foo Fighters video that we've talked about. The video's
1: whimsical, isn't it?
0: The whole Mentos vibe. Yeah. Wasn't that they didn't play it live for years because fans would throw Mentos on the stage at them?
1: I've seen that that happened, yeah. Yeah,
0: and and then they stopped playing it live until they were touring with Weezer, and Weezer always used to play it as part of their gig. Okay. And they were double touring together, and then they... Gorham to come back on stage and play it again. I would imagine Big Me to a now Foo Fighters fan. I don't know know where they would sit on it. To me, I was there at the time and you're thinking, oh yeah, that's the Foo Fighters and they do Big Me. To somebody who's saying the best of you or um, The Pretender, is that one of their songs? Yeah, it is. It's completely
1: incongruent. Um, It'd stick out like a sore thumb in their set list, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah. I don't know, it's, it's the building block. You can you can look at a lot of bands' first albums and say, oh, well, that's not what that band became. Yeah. And I think this is a perfect example of that. Um, but I kind of liked them more.
1: Definitely. Ben. Definitely. Yeah. This album hints at where they would go in terms of the colour and the shape, but their career after that of what I know of it... I think it takes the worst parts of the colour and the shape. You And that's what they run with.
0: What I think I'm going to do this week, I'm going to listen to all of the Foo Fighters albums released over the last dozen years. And I only know the singles, mm. really. Same. Yeah. So I'm going to actually listen to them. I'm going to see if the album tracks are good songs. Because they might be. You know, it might be the record company saying, oh, that's the single, put that out. And that just keeps their record deal ticking over.
1: You'd be surprised if there aren't some deep cuts in there.
3: Yeah.
0: I, I, I would I'd be
1: genuinely surprised um, if there weren't.
0: Well, everybody in that band is a super competent musician. Absolutely. And everything, and I'm not casting any shade on that whatsoever.
1: And the other thing is, uh, and I think this this is an important point, because it does sound like we, we're we giving them a bit of a kick in, much like we did the Verve.
0: There hasn't been a bad song so far.
1: No, definitely not. No their subsequent career but you would say for the impression that you get of them as people whatever your impression of their music is or speaking personally i don't begrudge them any of the success that they've had
0: no everybody in that band seems a perfectly likeable yep. you could go out with the point Definitely. Go out for a point with them. I'd much rather go out for a point with Dave Grohl or Taylor Hawkins or yep. the other guys in the band yep. than I would with um, Kirk Buyam or Tom York or um, any myriad of guys.
1: You always give Zach Delaroche a bit of a kick in. Yeah,
0: he wouldn't. He'd be no fun in a night out, would I? <laughs> Unless you were like trying to take the town hall. Yeah, <laughs> you know, if you were like, oh man, Zach. I've just got free parking. <laughs> I've only paid for one point and they've given me two. <laughs> no, he wouldn't like it. <laughs> this is Nirvana.
3: The
1: instrumental on the verse, the lead, I get definite Nirvana vibes. But then Dave wrote this when he was in Nirvana, didn't he? Yeah,
0: this riff now. Yeah, this is the first sight of, for me of Nirvana in this album
1: it's also got that serene loud serene contrast um, dynamic although not as pronounced or obvious Mm. as Nirvana and with that in mind shit chorus though yeah yeah 110% (laughs) Um, the central lyrical hook it needs more it feels anemic Um, yeah a note I've got here is verse good chorus in quotation marks for what there is of it Mm-hmm. less so. This is the one. The lo-fi production gives the album charm but this is the one where the one song where I think it suffers a bit for, from it.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. Um, it's like that contrast. i tell you what that the the um, the, the transition from the verse to the chorus yeah. even though there is no gap yeah. or nothing it just feels clunky. It does. Yeah. It does. I'll, I'll, I'll turn it up when we get to it this yeah. time. But it just like... Oh, man, out, I want out, it's, yeah. Mm.
1: And the loud, quiet, loud, or quiet, loud, quiet, uh, dynamic, give it some bollocks.
0: bit after this where it's like when it moves on to the other bit, which would be like the you know, the bridge or the interlude bit and
3: About
1: three ten where it breaks down and yeah, builds yeah, back in. Yeah. That's the highlight of the song. The uh the Did you ever listen get out get out yeah, bit, yeah. you can imagine Good. Kurt howling Good. that bit. Um and then I think
0: the, the it, breakdown back into the original again yeah, after that,
1: yeah? It's a better song if they commit to that dynamic which is a different doesn't. chorus. Yeah, absolutely. Um is this the one song that suffers from that maybe lack of the confidence that will be there later? I, I definitely think this is a better song if they record it two, three years later.
0: Oh, definitely. They'd have the, the benefit of um, a better producer. Yep. More production techniques, stuff like that. I mean, this bit now that's playing in the background, yep. I love that falling just riff yep. the build-up drums and yep, all that definitely. kind of stuff. That would have been emphasised, cracking... And the chorus even comes in better on that last yep. one, but um, but yeah, every criticism you've you've levelled at it, then I completely agree with you. Um, but still, it's not a bad song.
1: Definitely, it's a good bit of songwriting.
0: Yeah, it is,
1: and it, it just is. needs a little bit more to tip it over the edge.
0: Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, yeah, as I said, that's the one, isn't it? That Kurt loved. That's the one they played to Kurt, yep. and he liked it, and yeah. That potentially would have been on the fourth Nirvana album. Fourth, yeah, would have fourth, been the fourth. Yeah, yeah. yeah, fourth Nirvana album. Okay, we'll take one more uh, before we go for a little breaky pause. Uh, good grief! Anybody here? Offspring. Yep. Level at the Foo Fighters on this this album is, or Dave on this album is. There's a definite sound to it.
1: There is. Um, it fits the album. It is. This track's got the the biggest punk influence so far is yeah. a callback to his day in his days in Scream his pre-Nirvana band yeah 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 um, I like how um, the vocals are a little lost in the mix I think the distortion does this one a lot of favours where it doesn't do the previous track any favours mm-hmm, at all mm-hmm. um, maybe you I don't know maybe this will get a bit uh, a bit of vitriol here but so far in, to this point in the album it's my favourite track
0: oh this is your favourite
1: one so far yeah yeah yeah
0: um um, I like the breakdown
1: at 2.35 I think it's well timed it breaks it up I think the riff it's low key ish but it's relentless
0: I think this has got like a real identity of, of the Foo Fighters they, they had a sound as I say it's, yeah. got, it's got a sound and I think this sound now apart from as you say that punky offspring element yeah. but the thing that's going on behind that carries on throughout the album
1: yeah definitely you
0: know what I mean that kind of I don't know it's like a hanging guitar and Dave's vocal, and yeah, that, that's like the Foo Fighters sound, which is not on anything after this. No. Like, we've said that loads of times, haven't we, now? Um, once again, now the chorus needs a bit of work.
1: It does, and this is the first one that's got a bit of an awful title, Good Grief. It's like, maybe there's a different American meaning to that, but over here it's something your grandmother says because she doesn't want to swear.
0: <laughs> oh, Good Grief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's right and and I definitely think listening to it now and in the past week I've noticed more that difference between the three songs that he wrote after yep. Nirvana and the rest of them which uh, written when he's in Nirvana I think that's really from Big Me onwards this is it's this a different it's a different, it's a different thing yeah, yeah. Yeah, good, good, um, good song. Yeah, we we like it. Yeah, we do.
1: Yeah, we do. Oh, that's my favourite so far.
0: Okay, okay. shall well, we head for a break now? Let's do it. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave you with a little teaser before we head out. Calling back to a bit of football discussion. Don't give the answer now if you know it. What's the only football team in the '92 professional teams that isn't named after a place? says he knows it already. God damn you, Stuart Borth. touch with this here podcast and have your opinions or questions read out at the start you can get in touch via jukeboxpod at gmail.com or follow the show on facebook or instagram leave a review thanks for helping out hope you're enjoying it to the first part I'd be thinking to myself what is the only English League team that isn't named after a place and I'll tell you what I'll give you five seconds before Stuart Boyd enlightens you all one two three you gotta guess four five hit us Boyd Port Vale yes it is Port Vale (laughs) and trust me I didn't tell him as soon as I pressed pause on the first bit he was like there you go poor Voil yeah how will I I thought I'd have you on that one yeah
1: as we said everyone always goes Arsenal don't they
0: yes Arsenal Crystal Palace yeah So we're looking at the Foo Fighters debut album. Um, mm, 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 good grief, it's track five. So far, we're thinking, yeah, this is a decent debut, little we like debut him. album. Yep. Yeah, without being spectacular. Yeah, absolutely. Is that what you're thinking? Yeah, 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 yeah solid. Definitely. The next track is called Floating, and I think there's a definite difference in the first half to the second half of the album.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: in my notes the the songs that were written after Nirvana um, Ecstatic and Watershed were part of them as well yeah yeah sorry I was completely thinking it was the first three tracks this kind of is the definition of a mid-album filler
1: this is yeah it, the guitar transition into the refrains a bit. Okay. I think
0: that's a, a, a thing that runs throughout the whole album, though. Them transitions between verses and chorus and stuff. I just yeah, think they're not slick.
1: Yeah, this is a core. Cool, really, it's the cream that rises to the top yeah, in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah. With uh, with Dave drum drum fills, sticking with what he knows, mm. but absolutely works a treat. um chorus on this is i think the bridge is the best part the transition into the bridge is probably the part that saves saves the song but overall this one's a bit of a nothingness it's just all a bit meh
0: it is in in song formation chorus um sorry versus important. Yep. Choruses are like super important yeah. For the masses yep. But for real, real, real songs Bridges are yep. what make songs um, the, the one I always think of Is Man in the Mirror by Michael Jackson Okay the, the verse and the chorus are good But it's that bridge That just steps it up That little bit yep. that takes it And there's so many songs nowadays That don't even have bridges no, It's definitely literally don't. just chorus verse, chorus verse, yep. chorus verse That's it yeah, um, but yeah, I don't much going on here with this one.
1: No, it's it's the first misstep.
0: No, it was only ever um, it's only ever got to number twenty-three on the US charts. The this album, album. Yeah, yeah, okay. Much higher in the UK. As I say, it got to number three. Um, the only other top three, top sorry, top five of countries, Australia, it got to number three, and in an absolute shocking. Turn of events in New Zealand. It only got to number two. Come on, what album gets? And I managed to
1: salvage a career after that. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a testament to um, what's the word I'm looking for? Resilience. (laughs)
3: Yeah, definitely.
1: How do you rebound from that disappointment? How do you rebound from another shocking song title?
0: I was just that was my next sentence. I was going to say you were talking about shitty song titles about Weenie Beanie. Yep. This is a bit converse to the other songs because I think the verse and everything is a bit shit on this song. Okay, but yep. when it breaks in, we actually get a bit of a song. Yeah,
3: now, about that.
1: Yeah, I like the transition into the alternative, the kind of second riff. Um, if I can hanker to pre-Dave Navarro, it's quite Bleach-esque in that regard. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, the delivery works with the track and the production. It's a nice hooky risk riff. Deserves a better song title than Weedy Beedy, which I mean, is shit. That about? Yeah, seconds of thought have gone Didn't into you, this. You think
0: Beanie Babes? That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about music reviews at the time uh, when it was released. I've got some stuff on that. I've got quite a few for this actually. Um, the Guardian. Gave it 4 out of 5. High praise indeed. NME at the time gave it 9 out of 10. High praise? Yeah, I know. Q, 3 out of 5. Rolling Stone, 4 out of 5. Um, all Music, 4 out of 5. And uh, the now defunct Blender,
1: 5 out of 5. Perfect score. Blender? Yeah, blender. I said you were on me.
0: Have you not heard of Blender? No. Wasn't Blender like a... Um, like, was it Blender Magazine, late like 90s to mid-2000s kind of thing? U.S.
1: Ah, oh, it's passed
3: me by. No, no.
0: Bit of a racket, though, this one, yeah? I like it. You like it? Yeah. Mm. I always thought um, it, it hasn't got Dave's trademark, what I would class, foo for it as vocals.
1: Yeah, oh, oh that's a kick that time. I wouldn't call that a negative.
0: <laughs> See, I think that's what gives them their sound, kind of, for the, this album.
1: It is, and I think the next track is a good example of that. The
0: next track, okay. Oh, right, okay. So the next track's a bit of an interesting, that's got a bit of a story behind it, hasn't it? <laughs> song's called Oh George yep. apparently a tribute to oh Dave's favourite
1: Beatles to George Harrison yep
0: and it's definitely got that kind of rocky stroke Beatles thing from the first song yep going on
1: yep and that chorus that we've just passed the Fools were drawing trying to save that day that sounds like the early seeds of what would become Signature Fools
3: those yes. bigger r-
1: not really a reader chorus. I say they're stadium choruses now, aren't they? That's um, yeah. those are the early indications yeah. that it was an unavoidable direction. I think really from here, plus the goodwill that Dave had, the I reception, critical reception that you've just mentioned—it's that perfect thing. Yeah, yeah. all signs were pointing in the direction that's led them to where they are now. As much as it's not to our tastes.
0: This is the thing, as, as I say, I don't know if it is to my tastes because I only have heard the, the big songs. Mm. I told you I'm going to I'm gonna give it a listen this week.
1: Well, oh. I realised something in the break when mm. you were replenishing your glass is that <laughs> on YouTube I found a track from the third album, just the algorithms picked up something called Aurora. Aurora? Yeah, don't know if you're familiar with that. I don't think it was a single, but I stuck that on and it was all right. Mm. It was absolutely fine. It was perfectly palatable. But it could have just as easily been the Goo Goo Dolls or Everclear or whoever the fuck.
0: This would be that track. Is that not the name of um, Hunter and Steps' first child? Is it? Aurora. I oh, think no. it is. Aurora the best.
1: Aurora, Illinois was where Wayne and Garth lived.
0: <laughs> this is off There's Nothing Left to Lose, yeah? Yes. This sounds completely different to anything I've got first album. doesn't it? Yeah. Christ almighty, it's a, a, a six-minute song. Yeah. Here's one for you. We'll, we'll let this play in the background. Um, a lot of times you hear maybe 90 songs countdown or definitely Foo Fighters' top songs countdown yeah. on, on the TV and they'll always play Everlong. ever long
3: Yep,
1: massively overrated. <laughs> really? Still a banger.
0: I don't know. I've, I've, I've always thought, oh, it's a good song Yeah. But I've never thought, oh, this is like the shit.
1: Maybe I. Because I bought that album the day it came out, mm. and it was the one that jumped out. Was like, yeah, this is, this is an evolution of the well, sound. This is, that is this. Like,
0: no. This is off the that Everlong's off the second album. Off over. the colour and the shape. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. So I'd kind of, I was there before. It, was it a single? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. oh. there's a
0: video and everything. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, what yeah. It like the video with what's his face? Dave with the punk rock hair and um, the big hand. Yeah. It's kind of like a dream sequence. <laughs> the big hand. The big hand.
0: Oh well, Lindsay had a swollen hand a few months ago oh, for no. some reason, and I was like, "Oh, you like Dave Grohl off the food <laughs> <player's video?"> rock?" <laughs> And hers was only slightly larger. It weren't nothing like those, <laughs> but you know. What <laughs> <I
1: mean. laughs> and wasn't he? Was he Red Riding Hood at one point in that video? Yeah. get it was a bit goofy. Yeah yeah, but yeah, 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 yeah. Heard the song before I saw the video. Bought into the song before it came out as a single, so mm, it's, mm, reti- okay, okay. it's retained that gravitas for me. Yeah, it's a big one.
0: This, um, this song now—it's a completely different sound, isn't it? Completely different. It's, it's got it's that kind it's, of... Um, oh, I don't want to say Kings of Leon because I think Kings of Leon were at one point the pretenders to the Foo Fighters stadium rock crown. Yeah. Yeah? Definitely were. But I don't know, it's that mainstream...
1: I've got Goo Goo Dolls, Everclear.
0: I may, and you may, but do Jim, Bob, Paul and Andy out there know another Goo Goo Dolls song other than uh, Iris... You know no, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, This is it. They're um, yeah, they're known for that. What was the album?
0: Uh, um, oh Christ! What was the Goo Goo Dolls album? Oh shit on it.
1: touche Let's edit it back in to make. <laughs> Fuck you, Goo Goo Dolls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Dizzy Up the Girl. That was yes. the. That was...
1: <laughs> I think I put it on my 160. What oh, a boy named Goo.
0: But I can remember Dizzy Up the Girl. There was a boy named Goo as it well. It may have
1: been both of those I put on the 160 gig iPod Classic.
3: Oh, God. That I had
1: back in whenever they were a thing because they just had so much memory you just you loaded any old shot up to <laughs> them
0: didn't you really apparently that song oh George was a tribute to George Harrison and the riff was based on the Beatles song called something okay um I meant to listen to that but we will do it live now we'll Google the internet right now <laughs> oh is that so What's that one something. Um, this is a, a subject which maybe needs a bigger discussion for another time. But I want one word for, from you. The Beatles. That's it.
1: One word. Yeah. Um, undeniable.
0: Mm, okay, okay. I'll let you off that. Yeah. see a bit of potential there. Uh, Track number nine. Now this was the fourth single released from the album. Um, No, it was the third single in the UK, sorry. Top 30 is. For all the cowers, I think this song title always stood
1: out. Is cow a derogatory term in the US the way it is here? Um...
0: I don't know. I don't know. Come on.
1: Or is this just good? Who wants
0: to be called a cow? <laughs> this is a strange one. This is um, this is the kind of song which Nirvana would have made. Really, I don't know.
1: It's got that quiet, loud, quiet dynamic again. But it, this manages to pull it off without sounding not derivative, but not copycat. Yeah. It's got its own little goofy charm to it, so it kind of succeeds. I actually like this lot.
0: Um, Yeah, I like it. It's got quite low-fi on the start, and then we ramp up for the chorus. Yep, it is the chorus, isn't it? Yep. Here we go. That's, after listening to this album, that's like right in the, the Foo Fighters wheelhouse. That's kind of, this is like the Foo Fighters song.
1: Well, there's a slacker <coughs> vibe to the verse that I can't really put my finger on a comparison of what it reminds me of. And maybe it is just reminiscent of kind of later Foo's.
0: Um, yeah, no, because it's not, it's not Nirvana, is it? No, it, that definitely kind of like, not. It's none of the, the grunge bands of the no. time yeah
1: there's something else going on there but yeah like this track um, I think the deeper you get into the album I think the more you realise and accept that um, deciphering the lyrics is a bit of an exercise in futility oh god yeah
0: definitely there's no winners there the, uh, the last gig the foos played was when we were recording this month March the 4th uh, the only tracks that I played off this album are This Is A Call and Big Me yep which makes sense this is a call. Fourth most blade sung ever?
1: It was their close set closer for years, wasn't it? Was Pro- it? probably yeah. a couple of decades.
0: Okay. and um, Big May, tenth most. Obviously these stats are from Setlist FM, so we ain't counting every single gig, I'd imagine that. And then we had what I'd call the home stretch of the album.
1: For sure.
0: I mean, there's a bit of um
1: I get a stiff little fingers vibe from this intro. I get
0: stiff little fingers, I get a little bit of smashing pumpkins. It's alright. I'm gonna sh- I'm gonna show you.
1: <laughs> Early pumpkins yeah. when the second riff kicks yeah. in. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 But that there yeah that's the bit but Dave's a music nerd so it's okay we forgive him he's one of us
0: he's one of us and mm. you know um, aren't Smashing Pumpkins the, the, the Seattle band that weren't a Seattle band yeah you know what I mean absolutely yeah. and this is probably the most pumpkin sung on the album yeah
1: the vocal I think it's got this, behind this is a call it's got the second best uh, drumming on the album I like it. Almost um, like yeah. a consistent tattoo It's the beat. falling, it's the yeah.
0: descending drum beat, it's that thing going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, this is one thing, good song, sounds good, produced yep. really well, I love the kind of constant guitar kind of yep. thing going on. But, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. Um, we hit, but it never really like steps out of second
1: gear. Maybe the dense sound the dense production on it means it doesn't have to um, the lyrics feel contemplated almost if anything on the album is post Nirvana existential is this and I think kind of dense production and I suppose the one the singular pace of it kind of fits that so yeah I'll, I'll say that it doesn't really go anywhere else but I'll forgive it it, yeah, it works
0: it, it kind of builds up to a point and then it doesn't go it, yeah. it's back to the start again yeah, yeah. Um, you know where songs like Hummer yeah would build on that because yeah. Corgan would not but, allow them not to, yeah they yeah. just take it to yeah. the next
1: plateau <laughs> until there's nowhere left to go
0: yeah this is like say the verse of Hummer yeah back to the start yeah kind of thing
2: yeah know?
3: the
0: vocals are really low in the mix again
1: and that's a recurring theme it is isn't it yeah.
0: i think that's just um an emphasis to how uncomfortable dave probably was being the lead singer
1: yeah and when it yeah. gets that confidence and when it's it's front and center I don't know, it doesn't work for me the way this does.
0: Mm. It's.
1: I'll go back to the word charm. It's got a vulnerability, it's got a charm about it, and I th- that's what makes this a little album, but in the best sense of the word.
0: Yeah, oh, it does. One thing we didn't touch on was the um, the album cover. Oh, yeah. So they took the name, well, Dave, took the name Foo Fighters. There's a, what, a UFO kind of connotation to that. Yeah. And then the... Album cover is the gun.
1: It's like a, Buck, a ray gun, like isn't a Buck it? Or yeah,
0: ray gun. Um, it received a bit of criticism at the time, didn't it, for having a gun on the cover and what had happened to Kurt. There were people out there who were throwing shade on on mm. David using that.
1: It's obviously, it's clearly not a... <laughs> a magnum or whatever. Yeah, what was the
0: gun? What was the gun that Kurt mm. used? I can't remember. Um,
1: was it a shotgun he used?
0: I very much doubt it, Christ Almighty. It would have been all over the shop when I—I I don't know—I can't remember what gun it was, but um, no, it definitely wasn't a Buck Rogers ray gun, anyway. Well,
1: definitely not. <laughs> you know, in Terminator, Arnie asks um, the neighbour from Gremlins for um, for some god of ray gun, and they say, "Just what you see, pal." <laughs>
0: Shed, oh, watershed.
1: It reads watershed, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> it's from around here, right? Watershed.
0: <laughs> <laughs> One
1: sheet is plenty.
0: It's like, have you seen that thing at the top of my garden? Watershed. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, perfectly acceptable, punky. You know, last but one song.
1: Tight and simple. Doesn't yeah. reinvent the wheel. St- stay off piste. It's direct. Mm. There's no messing with it, really. And it's in the uh, right place.
0: Yeah, it is, actually. It is yeah. the,
1: uh, just before the uh, the double length last track. It's.
0: Yeah, yeah. I haven't got a lot to say about this yet.
1: Yeah. 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 I like it fine.
0: Yeah. What we'll, we'll led to the last track? Now. Okay. Now, this is a bit of an outlier. I love this intro.
1: The distortion, really throughout, gives it a bit of gravitas, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah,
0: it does. I think it gives an sense of impending songdom, which doesn't really come.
1: Yeah. But there's a bit of ris- respite from that, with a of two minutes as a clean riff, and it acts as a bridge, and that breaks the song up really nicely. I think that's well placed.
0: This is another one which potentially could be a Nirvana song, a little yeah, bit could, yeah.
1: could easily be in the vulnerable album closer mm-hmm. yeah I like the contrast in the transition from the last song I know we said earlier it, the track listing is in the album it was recorded so I, I but I wonder how deliberate that was um, so maybe he's kind of stumbled into a bit of track listing that works here but I wouldn't change it
0: yeah, and as we said before, this was the first song released as a promo single.
1: Yeah, that uh, Veda played. Yeah, absolutely. It was only yeah. ever released on a twelve-inch vinyl.
0: Yeah. So I'd imagine that's quite, you know, people are looking for that. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. It's got a laboured tempo to it and a laboured drum beat as well, which kind of it matches the lyrics and the title, and it creates creates an ambience more yeah. than.
0: Um, you've probably never thought about this, but the most Radiohead song on this album. Yeah. Especially with the with the last two minutes outro kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. This is what Radiohead should have done on that on Kid um, Eye
1: on um, the Lion picture soundtrack.
0: Lied it out. <laughs> said, did we? It was, um, what's his name? Greg Greg Daly?
1: Greg Greg Dooley is on Ecstatic.
0: Yeah. Afghan wigs?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: What's an Afghan wig somewhere?
1: I have no idea. No. I'm
0: not not hofi with Afghan wigs at all.
1: Another uh, Mark Lanigan collaborator, Greg Dooley, on the the Gutter Twins.
0: Okay, Christ. There you go. (laughs) Look at this. (laughs) here's a bit of a live update my daughter's just texted me and says can you transfer me 20 quid so I can get an Uber please (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the album like
1: Ends there. Yeah, it's a solid closer. Um You know, I hate to fade out, but on this track, it's absolutely fine. I think it fits. Oh, it's an
0: album closer. I think yeah. that's perfectly acceptable. Yeah.
1: And with the feel of the track and the title, exhausted, it kind mm. of it, it fades. Out. Is it better to burn out than to fade away? Oh! <laughs> Didn't even plan that. Very sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Solid closer.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a decent closer. Well, yeah, I suppose. I just, I, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call them out for that one because it's the it's the last track. If you can have a fade out on an album, yeah. then yeah, the last track. And it's this riff, isn't it? Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. Um, I looked as we were talking then. Uh, at Foo Fighters just like Foo Fighters in general yeah. Uh, and I was looking on Apple Music and if you type in Foo Fighters and then you look at Foo Fighters Essentials man i tell you what how long ago, what we're we talking um, 1995 05 15 we're talking over 25 years aren't we yeah I? 27 yeah. years yeah they've had some big songs are not they
1: massive yep.
0: <laughs> really have I mean just listen to this Everlong, best of you, times like these, The Pretender, Learn to Fly, All My Life, My Hero, DOA, Monkey Wrench, Big Me, Shame Shame, These Days, This Is A Call, Breakout, Rope, uh, Long Road to Ruin, I'll Stick Around. There's no problem whatsoever for the Foo Fighters to fill up a stadium gig.
1: And that's a that's that's a reasonable greatest hits, didn't they miss a t- miss a trick not calling their greatest hits the best, the best, the best of Foo?
0: Oh, <laughs> oh man, that's what you should have signed off on. <laughs> We've waited fifty episodes for a joke <laughs> like that. <laughs> so we're saying before we get into this album itself. The Foo Fighters. Is this your favourite Foo Fighters album?
1: This is my second favourite Foo Fighters album. Mm-hmm. Uh, the colour and the shape is bigger, better in is it like every this conceivable measure. Yeah. yeah, but that given the circumstances surrounding this album, how it was made, that kind of seems completely moot. Mm-hmm. It's all they're on the road to becoming a completely different band at that point. What gives this album its whole ambience, its its feel, what makes it a good little album in the best sense of the world is that it's Dave stepping out on his own not comfortable in his own skin and the modern day Foo's for me they're too comfortable in their own skin Um, they lost somewhere along the way what made this album a triumph because it was a triumph in the face of adversity Mm. and the Foo Fighters if I could summarise why they lost me is that at this stage they were or Dave was but the royal they were underdogs they're Very now odds uh, they're now odds on favourites
0: yeah 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 I agree with you there I agree Um. yeah I like this I like this album I don't I, you know I don't over like you yep. yeah but I think it's perfectly acceptable
1: yeah um a lot of things are hard about this. It's going to be hard to—it's hard for me to grade. Uh, top three is hard because nothing truly stands out. But by the same token, I don't actively dislike anything. I can leave Floaty well alone, mm-hmm. and a low and easy target would benefit from some polish.
0: Yeah, I mean, if I'm going to say off the top of my head straight away, I'd say it's very undeniable to say this is a call and big me. Even though I don't need to hear Big Me ever, but as a song, it is what it is. Um, I'll stick around. Well, it's hit or miss with me. Maybe um, exhaustive. Yeah. That might be my top three, really.
1: Good grief to stand out for me.
0: Oh, yeah, actually. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Poor good,
1: title, uh, yeah. notwithstanding.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, yeah, we'll go with them. Um, what are you writing it? This is a tricky one. It this is, is tricky.
1: It's hard. Um, I had to put it into a wheelhouse. And this is kind of where my conflict came from. Um, Seattle wheelhouse. The most recent one we did was dirt. And I have to rank it at least a whole point below dirt, which I gave a B plus to.
0: I think that's
1: fair. But then it puts me at a bit of a in a bit of a position where I think I gave uh Fire by Electric Six a B. But what so, word so I'm looking for? Um objectively, I think there's a really strong case for this being a better album than that. Than what? Than Fire. That was a very subjective rating for oh, me. Oh okay, okay. But what I have to Ooh, do that's is... that's a surprise, mate. Yeah, I have to separate them. Um, I have to put them in um, in different spheres, really. Mm. So I'll write fire as a B in the sphere of what that tries to be. It's like the whole Schindler's List Groundhog Day thing again. Mm. So I'm going to go with a C+, um, just to put it that, that whole grading point below dirt. And I'm fairly comfortable with it being around a C, C plus. Maybe a flat C. um, Due to the lack of standouts that will push it into that C plus B minus bracket. So, yeah, let's go with a solid C. But a C recommend?
0: Oh, yeah, man. And This is the thing that we've discussed before. I don't think getting a D is a not recommend. You know what I mean? I think once you get to, like, E... That's, that's when you're looking down on albums yeah, really
1: yeah. but by the same token I think we've talked a little bit about that modern convert to a Foo Fighters fan mm. they I would not be surprised if anyone who came to the Foo Fighters maybe post um, Nothing Left to Lose would completely dismiss this out of hand as like oh it just sounds like a demo this is not the band does sound that, that
0: I like it? it does yeah. sound demo it doesn't it yeah. for, for them kind of fans you can see that can't you
1: yeah they would Probably, I wouldn't be surprised if anybody who came to them later in the day would rank this as their least favourite Foo Fighters album.
0: And in regards to that, I'm I'm caught here between. In my head now, I'm thinking straight away. I'm thinking it's either a C minus or a D plus. That's what I'm thinking. Mm. Um. I don't know. It, it, it's between those. I'd, it probably depends if it's Thursday or Wednesday, I, you know what I mean? Yeah. There ain't much there, is there? No. A, there's a rizzler between them. Yep. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's a solid, if unspectacular, yep. album. Yep. Yeah. And I'm going to go away from this. And this week, I am going to listen to the newer Foo Fighters albums. I'm going to put myself myself through like about three or four albums, and I'm going to give them a listen and see. Hmm, have I been harsh on the Foo Fighters all these years? Have I just taken the big songs that have been on the radio and not really listened?
1: There's got to be some something to hang your hat on We've in got that some discography gems in somewhere, there, aren't there? Yeah. Okay. Next time we convene. I'll let you feedback and. Yeah,
0: yeah, that might do. Bef- before we do head off. We can do,
1: take a playlist away.
0: Do you have a favourite post this album Foo Fighters song? Not Everlong.
1: Post this album, Not Everlong. Maybe Hey Johnny Park from the next album.
0: Hey Johnny Park? That would be this one. <laughs> Immediately, that sounds better produced and more grown up. Definitely. If they'd have
1: taken this direction subsequently, they may have kept me on board. When I said earlier, maybe I can qualify that statement, they took my least favourite elements of the colour and the shape, and that's what they built everything I subsequently heard from them around. Whereas, if I'd have taken maybe elements of this, I'd have been on board a bit longer. I
0: see they've got a song called Fraggle Rock Rock.
1: Okay. They've done a, an album of ABBA covers, haven't they? I?
0: I don't know. It, what's this? Yeah, there you go.
3: <laughs>
1: okay, right. <laughs> Moving swiftly on.
0: Yeah, um, Foo Fighters, Foo Fighters... Decent album. BGs, gees.
1: It's BGs, not. Is it? yeah.
0: Hang on, hang on, I need to look that up now. It is BGs. They've yeah. done
1: You Should Be Dancing.
0: Yeah, they have Okay, what was the setup for this?
1: I have no idea. I happened upon it a couple of months ago. And, um, what? in the name of all that is what fresh hell is this yeah you
0: would have thought this was prime for um, Electric 6 yeah oh
1: definitely yeah
0: no way they're straight covers isn't they like. oh yeah
1: very faithful
0: okay it's episode 50 Boyd, I hope you've got a big song to see us out here. Before you do, though, if anybody wants to get in touch, jukeboxbard at gmail.com. Follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, leave the reviews, get in touch. Tell the in-flight Boyd's go. Tell him about how he's like the fucking master of um, radio or something like that. <laughs> oh, man. Come on, give me a song.
1: Okay, 50th episode... Yeah. I'll go with a song that's on my shortlist for The Goat. Ooh,
0: Cristiano.
1: Cristiano, Tom Brady.
3: <laughs>
1: I've noticed, listening back to a couple of recent episodes that we've done together, that you've anticipated twice mm. that I was going to close with a Portishead song.
0: If you're going to pick a song now, yeah. Yep. All this week I've had planned to come back from a break with a song Yep And I've completely forgotten about it And go on
1: Let's go with Roads by Porter said
0: Roads Yep As in like what you drive down
1: The very same It's not
0: that one Here we go
3: (音声) Thank you.
0: last
1: episode <laughs> <laughs> this is what there's a reason I didn't um, yeah. close with this on Kid A <laughs> I can
0: see why
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, this is better than anything on Kid A
0: second all week i've been thinking oh i'm going to come back from the break on you know the tricky oh yeah 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 that's what i was going to use and i thought you were going to pick that then. But, yeah, right thank you very much guys for listening thank you very much mr Stuart boyd for being my brethren on this episode thank
1: you good sir yes. see you again soon
0: thank you very much guys speak to you later
2: Surely that ain't real Ooh, can't anybody see